Welcome to Radio TFS episode number 159. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward returning from into the fold. Good to be back, Greg. Woo! Good to have you back, Martin. How how long has it been, man? You know, I have no idea. Quite a while. I'd have to check, <laughs> I'd have to check the OneNote and I don't want to move off the show notes page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's been... good to have you on, man. We, yeah. we have to catch we have to catch up with all the stuff that you've been doing. Mm, it's been busy, hasn't it? So, I mean, we had the MVP summit, which we sorely missed you at, but uh, hopefully next time. Um, and yeah, we're just sort of um, getting ready for build. It's coming up in a few weeks now, not long, and uh, should be good. How is it with Brian gone? Um, it's okay so far <laughs> you know so nat's um really good guy like if i had to um i, I worked with nat a little bit because i was on the net team during the whole xamarin acquisition you know and as he mm-hmm. came into the company i remember having a good long chat with him about being acquired and all that sort of stuff so um yeah no he's he's awesome and if i had to pick anybody in microsoft to run to work for i think probably be him to be honest he's got hmm. some of the sort of similar sensibilities you know in he's used to running his own business and you got to remember brian was kind of used to running his own business you know with um right. so he's got that kind of startup feel but he's very well connected with the with silicon valley and things so that brings a different perspective in which is good um he's obviously different to brian like brian operated on a whole level that's fairly unique um <laughs> and so you know Nat gets goes very deep on certain areas and uh, but believes in letting people to you know get on and drive the areas that they're getting on and driving so yeah so far so good i would say but i'll let you know how it goes cool not that you're going to bash him on her podcast oh i hate that guy yeah well i don't don't think he listens to this one i hope not anyway you know if you are I'm hoping he's too busy. Not until we get him on. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping he mentions there's a podcast. So <laughs> we just kind of have a conversation when we Brian when we asked him on the radio TFS. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get into the feedback at the end of the show, but we're, we're getting actually a lot of feedback yeah. and stuff. And, and as a tease, we've got an actual real voicemail from a listener. <sighs> See, I, this happens all the time now, I guess. Now I'm not here. This must happen a lot now, does it? <laughs> well, I guess I just like it. It's the last show I flew solo, and uh, yeah, people didn't hate it. So no. I, I think that, that's a win right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so talking about Brian, Adam Kogan did a, a neat little video. Um, well, it was not on Little Evo. It was a good long sit-down um, at Brian's house and just went through and talked about some of his highlights in his career in Microsoft and things. So it's worth a watch if you've got some time. And, you know, Adam and Brian go back a very long way. So it was a good video to, to watch. So go, go watch that one on SSW TV. We'll put it in the show notes. But what I about you, Greg? Jealous. Yeah, I, I was jealous when I saw that. It's like, oh man. Yeah, well, I'm sure Brian would have you over to the farm next time you're in North Carolina. So <laughs> he, he's always up for people like you know, if you want to do some free work on his farm, he'll take it. Um, so, but how's things with you? How's this uh, VSTS migration going? Well, as as everybody listened to the last show remembered, I was very adamant that by this show, yeah, we, huh? my company, my day job would be on VSTS and we would be there and we're not. 
What happened? We, we ran into a, well, we have a, a bifurcated network f- for one specific client. Okay. And, you know, we have the Citrix into it. And there were certain machines on there that had to be able to talk to our source code repository. Mm-hmm. When it was just TFS here in the building, that was easy. Getting it, those machines to talk to VSTS and all the related services like logon.microsoftonline.com and, mm. and, and all those things uh, took a little bit of work. And we were there Friday afternoon at like three. My migration was going to start at four and it wasn't working. We couldn't talk, those machines couldn't talk to VSTS. So at that point I said, no, I, I, we can't do the migration if these machines can't talk to it. I can't put my users in that spot. Mm-hmm. So we pushed it off a week. We're going to do it Saturday. Uh, officially we're going to start it Friday at four, but really Oscar, my patriot in crime, the one who's actually doing all the hard work uh, is going to, we're going to kick it off Saturday morning. Okay. But uh, so by the next show, I'll be, we'll be on VSTS and I'll tell you all how easy and how rocking it was. The, so interestingly, there is, you, you've seen the webpage, which talks about the, the end points you need to talk to VSTS. Have you, have you seen that yes. one? Okay. Yes. And I've actually, and I've shared that with our internals and, and, and yeah, it, it seems to be working as of this morning. Okay. Those machines were working and talking to VSTS. I was very happy about that. Great. Well, let us know if you find any problems. I've 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 seen requests from customers in similar situations to you who don't mm-hmm. want to know the C names and things. You know, don't want to know the DNS names. They actually want the IP addresses. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, oh no, 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 because those things <laughs> change, like yeah. you know, all the time. Not all the time, all the time, but you know they can change quite often, especially if we have an incident, we might have to fall back, you know, and move things to stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So, uh, cool. Well, uh, you know, fingers crossed. I hope it all goes well. If there's any problems, make sure you give us a call. Oh yeah, absolutely. And all of our dry runs and I got to, you know, I just thank as, as a Microsoft representative, I have to thank you on how easy it is to do the dry runs now. Uh, wow. You can do pretty much as many as you want. They're self-cleaning up now. So, that, you know, when you do a dry run, they'll just get nuked in two weeks, which encourages you to not keep them, make a permit temp or anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's just been working out pretty well. And Oscar's getting really good at doing these upgrades nice. or doing the dry runs. So, Oh, I'll uh, pass that on to the team. There is. will be burning. Yeah. I'll get Rogan. We, we had Rogan down on, didn't we? We're talking about upgrades. Yep. Yeah. No, I'll pass that feedback on. That's awesome. Yeah. My my only beef is, is the, you know, we have to do it this weekend because on the 23rd, uh, TFS 2017, you know, no support for the high fidelity migration. Mm, yeah. So, but yeah, you have to move forward. I mean, that's, that's you know, the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not how it goes. Um, <laughs> I've been speaking a lot to customers who are trying to, mig- you know, migrate and things like that. I've actually been talking to some more people who are stuck on like 2015 and earlier <laughs> versions. Yeah. If you are one of those people and you listen to the show, please do get in touch. I'd love, love to have a chat some more with you, but it, it, it's not easy for those people to upgrade because they've got to do a TFS upgrade first, you know, like a few and then, right. and then do the migration. So it's not easy at all. But one of the things we've done to try to kind of, and this is an absolutely seamless segue. I want to point out one of the things we've done to try and make this easier for people to help migrations and get out up into the service and to get using the latest versions of TFS is we've re-enabled XAML builds. 
Nice. So this, if you want to do it in TFS 2018, you need the latest RC2 of update two. Um, now we've re-enabled them. Like you should consider them done and deprecated, like they were in the past. But there's some customers who just have XAML builds and don't want to change them yet, and they were blocked on upgrading, which just seemed dumb. You know, we can fix that. So, like, let's make, let's have the code there so they can upgrade, and then you know, my, they can migrate the build over when they're ready, when they need to make some search, when they may need to make some changes. So, um, that's probably the biggest feature that was in update to RC2. There was a bunch of things already um, in the RC1. Um, you know, in terms of things like pool requests and enhancements to multi-phase builds and, you know, some catching up with what's on VSTS, on, you know, in the service. So lots and lots of goodness there. But um, key thing for update two is these XAML builds. Both RC1 and RC2 have what's called a go-live uh, license. So if you have problems with either of those builds, um, and you call support, we will help you. You know, we're very, very keen to get feedback on these. So, um, you know, if you want these XAML builds and you're prepared to go for an RC2, then go for it. Please do and, and give us any feedback you, you, you've got. Yeah, Martin, I'm going to go off the rails here mm. since you mentioned 2015. Um, in our feedback towards the bottom there, longtime listener, Rod uh, Falenga, yeah. reached out to us and I – Talked about it last show, but now that you're on, yeah, okay. I, I want to bring this up with you. Okay. Uh, beyond the Zama builds, because I know Rod's having issues with the Zama builds, and I think this will uh, make him a lot, <laughs> make him happy that the Zama builds are, are quote unquote coming back. Mm. One of the other things, though, is he is one of those actual users of the team rooms, mm. and, and his team they, they use it a lot. He's on 2015, and they're using team rooms as he's looking to upgrade and move forward, you know, team rooms are nuked and his office 365 subscription doesn't support uh, Microsoft teams mm. product. So last show I mentioned it, I'm going to do it again is that at this point, you know, Microsoft is pushing him to use a competing product Slack or something. Yeah. Because what can he, there's no position for him, right? Or am I forgetting something? Well, pay for teams, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, the problem with that, though, Rod, is he, he works at the government. Exactly. So, you know, they're, they're doing as cheap as humanly possible approach, which given that's our ta tax dollars, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But uh, I'm trying to remember what the um, – there's a thing – like a signal R, let me see if I can find it. There's a signal R project, like proof of concept, that that is the chat room. One of the samples. Do you know the one I mean? Uh, I mean, the, an actual like clone of the team rooms. I mean, there's a million uh, signal R chat room. Example. Yeah, but there's the one that everybody uses. The um, Oh, I'll find it while I'll find it while we're while we're gone. I'll I'll, okay. I'll dig into it. So that would be free. Um, but yeah, we're not gonna. I, I don't think they're gonna be switching teams back on uh, team rooms back on. Um, unfortunately, you know, just because like I say, it's, it has moved. It's well, it was done. You know, it, the the team stuff totally supersedes it. So, and right. if you have got it, it's much 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 better. So, um, yep. Sorry. So, but, is there any way that f you can slack integration kind with of, TFS? Is very good, by the way. If you upgrade uh, to a newer version of TFS, but uh, yeah, there we go. The other side too is if you, you can encourage the Office 365 team to push teams out to all the tiers. 
you're probably overestimating how much influence I have on the Office 365 team. I've said well, you've that. been talking to them a lot, right? With the whole I DL have. thing? I was, to, I was speaking to their EVP just the other day, I'll have you know. But uh, I'd rather See? not do that if I can. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's a fair point. I should look into like the pricing differences and all that sort of stuff because I don't know what the pricing difference is between that and um, you know I what the pricing difference is between Slack and Teams, to be honest. I thought they were fairly comparable, but you know I don't pay for anything anymore, so what do I know? So I will dig into – I will try and get us ready for the show notes, this link to this thing that's the signal okay. thing that I'm thinking of. And then, um, you know, and then, uh, yeah, otherwise get the Office 365 for Teams. But I think you have to – I think the problem is you can't – don't know if you can just buy Teams. I think you, might, I think you can just get – I think you have to like yeah. upgrade your business thing and then 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 you're, you're paying for a lot more. Uh, £3 a user – is uh so what's that'll be about like five bucks a year i guess uh for teams um well the it depends if you think most because you see you should be yeah so it is better than it is cheaper than the than the standard version of slack but a lot of people use the free slack you know rather than using the one that has all the features so it's not quite like for like comparison there isn't a freemium version yeah. of teams as far as i'm aware yet sorry rod it would, wouldn't it? If it was a freemium teams, then that would be the way to go. But I don't know. That would I don't be know. cool. I don't know that team very well, I'm afraid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Loving teams. Loving it. I just saw news that team did teams move in the in your how is that reorg? The whole reorg we were hearing about is that affecting you in any way? Uh, it doesn't affect me directly, but it affects lots of the partner teams I work with. Um, and it's cool because actually, like a lot of them have come sort of closer to us in the org chart, which is quite nice. Um, but it's it's interesting, you know, one would have assumed from the outside that that reorg probably would have been done in conjunction with build, but it sure it sure wasn't. And so like, build's being a bit sort of switched and chopped around a little bit now to kind of, you know, make sure it still makes sense and things. But uh <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Is it going to be good stuff for uh, VSTS, uh, development, ALM? Was it biz, dev, sec ops? Uh, that, that yeah, a lot of, lots of dev, lots of DevOps stuff for sure. Um, you know, some good stuff coming out there. Um, but we, we try not to be, if I'm uh-huh. honest, we try not to be too um, conference driven anymore. And like, just ship things <laughs> and be very open with our backlog. So if you're watching the blog and if you're watching the feature chat, then you kind of see a lot of stuff that's coming up. Um, so not a not not any huge surprises, but a lot of good stuff, I think. So um, and then there's lots of also good stuff around containers and all that sort of thing. So yeah, awesome. The world keeps it moving. <laughs> well, speaking of updates and news, while we talked about mm. the VSTS Sprint 132 update in the last show, since then uh, Alex Nichols has put together a video talking about all the new yeah. features in 132. So if video is your way, we'll have the links in the show notes. You can you can check out his post yep and um also this week we um shipped the the power bi and vsts integrations so uh, romy has done a blog post a really really good blog post actually that delves into the power bi stuff and she sort of you know talks about how you create these how it works and basically you create what's called views and views are a bit like views, you know, in terms of SQL, where mm-hmm. you you're creating a you're creating a work item query, if you like, that's a view, and um, but it's read only work item queries is how you want to think about it, and then you can do a bunch of stuff with history and and some you know 
um, all that sort of thing. But when you do it and then you query those views in Power BI, it's super performant. And what's even better is it's not, it's not hitting your account. So you know you can hook up Power BI and go straight to your REST APIs, and that mm-hmm. works. Well, this is going against the view of your REST APIs, and so it's a lot faster, a lot more performant, and doesn't doesn't hit your account at all. So it's just better all round and gives you some defined sort of things you can do. So think, think of a, the view you create as like a work item sort of stored procedure, you know, SQL type table mm-hmm. view, you know, but you create it. So, yeah, so it's worth having a look at anyway. If, uh, if you're into a bit of Power BI or even if you just want some cool OData feeds that you then pull in, you can create a view for it and just grab that raw OData and then bring that into whatever reporting solution you're using in-house. Nice. Mm-hmm. So speaking of migrating, Mohammed mm. Rodwin, our, our, the, a very prolific recently blogger, has mm. done a great video on using a new tool. Now, the VSTS-work-item-migrator. Uh, it's a new command line tool, which is also open source for migrating work items from TFS and VSTS. Uh, built on .NET Core, so it's cross-platform. It's using the REST uh, work item, REST API. And he has a cool video on how to do it and how to make that work. So this tool uh, took me by surprise. I hadn't heard of it until I saw his post. This this tool's taking me by surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the Windows one, I wonder? I'm just looking now. Hang on a second. I'm just looking. uh, Yeah, because funnily enough, I was just having a conversation with a customer about this type of thing just today. So, um, yeah, caught me by surprise as well. So this is why I come on the show to learn all the latest news. So there we go. I'm just finding out who does it uh, as we we speak. So uh, it would help if I could type VSTS correctly when I'm searching. Cool. That's awesome. That would be that would be my only uh, uh, thing, uh, Mohammed. If you're if you're watching, there's no like links in this blog. Yeah, it's post, just a bit so of the video is good. Copy and paste, but the video's there. And another one is he's got a great another post. If you we, you know we were talking about this high fidelity migration, uh-huh. he's got another great you know six part post that he goes through this high fidelity migration. And yeah, you know there's a guide and he references it with links. Uh, uh, to the guide, but, you know, having, seeing all the screenshots and seeing him do it, uh, it makes this a great post. Very cool. Yeah. No, well, these videos are really great quality as well, aren't they? So yeah. yeah awesome. Um, so we were talking a bit, um, you know, I was talking about the O data stuff. Um, and there we're talking about some PowerShell as well. Right. Um, uh, Chaminda, Chaminda, has done a um, a blog post on how to find your active team projects, but not just looking at like you know who's logging in, actually looking at who's doing commits and things across your across your team projects. What I quite like about the post though wasn't wasn't just you know the thing showing you how to do it, but it was actually more the in, gives you the um, the PowerShell how, how to do that and sort of more the process about how you went and you know pulled that stuff together which i thought was probably more interesting than than the actual example because the example was spitting out some html it was cool just to see you know the use of the powershell for querying these sorts of things and then dumping out into text so if you're wanting to do any of that type of stuff then do that and what's good is he has like a tfvc examples and git examples so yeah it's he's looking at both TFBC and Git repos and then showing what's active across all of them. So I, I thought it was a good post. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Yep. He gets a plus two yep. for doing both. Not just a plus one. He gets plus two. Good man. <laughs> so um, last show, or even the show before that, we were talking about, I, we mentioned about um, rolling deployments yeah. that became available in TFS 2018 and is coming in update two. Matt's got a cool post on how to do it for on-prem. You know, VSTS is one thing. We've got a lot of on-prem, a lot of TFS users out here. And he does a good post and talks about the good and the bad of doing what a blue-green type deployment, where you deploy it to one environment, the blue environment, make sure it's all working there and it's happy there, and then roll it to the green environment. Uh <laughs> He mentions the good and the bad. Some things to think about is that, you know, it's be careful with this kind of pipeline when you're committing to production because there's no backup mechanism in it. There's no way to revert the process in it. So you have to be kind of uh, careful on it. But if you want to see how it could work and take advantage of those new features, you have to check out his post. Very cool. I was just doing some digging into that project there as well that I'd never heard of until we were talking about the show. And it's actually done by Sean Ferguson, who's on the team. So, you know, I think we should maybe uh, get Sean on the show and uh, get him to tell us all about it. How about that? And, you know, how it differs with, with uh, Martin Hinchelwood's tools and all this sort of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've been short on guests yeah, okay. for a while. It's time let me, to let me, get our okay, guests Let's do that. So um, we talked already about uh, Mohammed and um, the post he did on um, – that he did another video, which was worth looking at while we're talking about him, around release management and um, build all, you know, CICD stuff. And again, it's mm-hmm. uh, one that if you prefer your education in video form – then this is the this is the way to do it. Um, it's over on YouTube and it's just 17 minutes long, including the intro and things. So very easy to go through and quickly do it. So if you want to know all about um, build and release management in TFS 2018 or VSTS, then take take a look at that video as well. I mean, all people can do videos and stuff like this. That is just it takes more a lot more preparation than you would think. Well, if you've tried it, you probably know, but it yeah, takes a lot I, of preparation. I, I can't imagine. Uh, this is like a 17, 18 minute video it must have taken him hours and hours to put it all together and and do it and redo it and do it and and set it all up and just and yeah often the shorter the video the longer the more preparation (laughs) went into it and uh you guys get it for free our listeners get that for free what a deal that makes him an mvp exactly that's why that's why he's an mvp (laughs) so i came across this one uh team collabnet mm-hmm did a top Agile and DevOps trends, the 12th annual state of Agile report. And the one reason why I kind of laughed at this one is that, you know, my, our day job, our work items, uh, all our scrum is in version one. Clabnet bought version one. So those teams have merged together. So it's kind of like, hey, my work item group did our Agile report. I I was very excited about that for some really odd and strange reason. Um, Is there anything interesting in it? Any, 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 any insights, you know? Yes. Uh, Agile is still growing. It's still expanding within the enterprises. Which TFEC I, I, is still growing, Greg. Can I just say? TFEC <laughs> is still growing. Like people talk about, people get worried about, you know, Git and TFEC and stuff. Yeah. And like the fact that Git has 90% of developers. There are more TFEC users now than there were when we started this podcast. Hmm. Anyway. Things keep on growing. But yes, yeah. everyone, the world's going agile. And um, that most of those agile 
uh, rollouts, uh, there's room for improvement in how they're doing agile, which that's kind of, uh, I don't know, oxymoronic because, you know, agile, you're supposed to be iteratively improving, right? Mm -hmm. But um, there was one thing in their PDF here that, that I wanted to, yeah, they're saying 56% of the respondents are using some version of Scrum. You know, Scrum, hmm. Scrum Ben, Scrum XP, probably Scrum Enough or Scrum Bud or Scrum Butt Butt. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a lot of versus 5% doing pure Kanban. Wow. Yeah, that surprised me. Definitely. It's interesting how many more, you know, people trying out safe and things like that. But um, and DevOps seems to be the next point on this curve for people in their agile maturity. Um, it seems like you start off agile and then try and, you know, Proceed into full-on DevOps and DevSecOps and all that sort of stuff. So, good stuff. Let's not talk DevSecOps because you know Donovan hates that term. Oh, really? Well, um, I'm going to jump ahead because Daniel Malik did a nice video about DevSecOps uh, on SSW <laughs> and kind of explaining what that all is and how to get some of that stuff into your into your process. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mention DevSecOps as many times as I can when I'm talking to Donovan <laughs> on Friday. And, and like I mentioned earlier, what was it on the thread when we're talking, that came up and it was biz DevSecOps or? Oh, it know, was, yeah, it was, uh, there's an, um, so just so the listeners know, mm. we had an incident, like this has been the bane of my life recently. So we had this problem. <laughs> where we have our MVPs and they're, they're, they're active, let's say, which is nice. Lots of, lots of communication, lots of feedback. Um, we were showing up to the exchange team as, as, as like a bulk mailer because we, there's 60 odd thousand messages a day go out of the champs alias, goes to the, between the MVPs. And uh, so I, you know, say, hey, look, we've been identified as spammer trying to fix it. And we got it fixed in the end and got them to remove all the caps on us. And then yesterday, I think it was just somebody just taking, you know, loving their newly restored freedom. And this, this thread went on and on and on with people joking about different DevSecOps, Dev, Biz DevSecOps, different names for DevOps things. I'm like, guys, with, you know. I've only just, I've, I had to talk to the EVP of Office to get this account specially listed. And now you're, it, it was like 4,000 emails, literally, because each email that gets sent out goes to about 400 people. So, you know, anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. And of course, you know, I, I remember you know, being the guy that I am the first time that you said, hey, the, the distribution list is fixed, but please don't reply all to this. Yeah, you were, play, you were like oh, hovering over that button. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, Thank oh, you for that, yeah, that's like, yeah, don't push the red button. Don't. Yeah, oh, that's a shiny red button. <laughs> so as we're talking about DevOps, there is mm -hmm. a DevOps lab show on Channel 9 that, that, that they're talking about, in this case, how to do unit testing your database changes. Yeah, Damien's been doing an awesome job yeah. with that show. It's been, did you see the one the other week as well, uh, where he talked to Troy Hunt um, about oh, how he yeah. thinks uh, "Have I Been Pwned" site up? It's really he's yeah. doing really good stuff, really good interviews. So, no, but this one was good as well. Sorry, you you tell t tell him about this one. This was great. Yeah, this one he's talking with um, Hamish Watson at the MVP Summit on 
you know, we all know unit testing is good, but doing it in your database is tough. It, it really is hard. And he talks about a number of different resources available, like TSQLT, the unit tests that have been built into a SQL Server database tools projects for forever. Um, and he hooks you up with Hamish to, to get more information about that. But yeah, he does a nice demo, 27 minutes long on how to get these, get that unit test up into your projects. Awesome. And your CI/CD pipeline. Mm -hmm. Doing it in the IDE is one thing, but it doesn't count, especially for DevOps, if you can't put it in your pipeline. And so this video talks all about that. You should go check it out. Brilliant. Um, so we talked. We talked. We were talking a bit about DevSecOps and DevOps and all these different names on this DL for DevOps things. Uh -huh. But um, there was a couple. Our friends Gert and Renee over at Expert did a blog post around. Taking a somewhat controversial view that I the 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 I don't necessarily agree with that in a perfect world devs do not need ops, and but what the basic saying there is IT ops. So you know you shouldn't have to go to somebody and request boxes be built. You shouldn't have to go somebody as the gatekeeper of those types of resources within your organization. You should enable self service and you should enable a bunch of stuff. Yes, all for that, but you definitely do need to have people with op skills in your team you know everybody need so really what they are saying is it needs to be devops it needs to all be merged into one practice but uh, don't be reading this and think oh they want you know they want to take my job away no that <laughs> they as an ops person they want you to be part of the team is what i think yeah. we're saying and enable so you know don't make it be uh, how can i enable the org rather than how can i stop these devs from breaking everything because they just keep breaking things and wrecking the machines you know and needing admin access and blah 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 so that's fair enough, but I disagree with the title, but they like their <laughs> Um And speaking of DevOps, you mm. always hear on web pages or mobile apps or anything else, but what if you're, you're like me, you know, my background and, and, you know, my claim to fame as desktops apps, executables running on a desktop somewhere. Is, do you do DevOps for those? Spoiler alert. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, Andre does a nice post about that. The answer is yes. Yes, you still do it. And I'm doing it now. My desktop applications, I've got uh, a CI builds for them. I got nightly builds for them. Uh, we re do releases. Uh, we have a custom distribution thing here. Uh, it's a, like a centralized menu. It's our, our own Windows store. Yeah. Uh, we, so in our release process, we automatically upload our application and all the dependencies and everything to our internal store. So, uh, and it's made my life dramatically simpler. I used to do it all manually. And it's, oh, it's just a desktop app. I only release it every so often, you know, so whatever. I'll go to, you know, find the binaries and manually create the package and I'll upload it. Um, and then I said, you know, no, I, I can't really claim to be a DevOps guy if I don't DevOps my own stuff. Yeah. So once I did that, there was a little bit of pain, a little bit of learning, you know, kind of how do we package this and get all these dependencies. But since I've done that, I, I've recouped that in, that investment in time like a hundred times. This is just so easy because I was able to walk. I was on vacation. I was out with my wife at a, a thing. 
and we had to do an emergency release. So I'm on the phone verbally talking somebody through it. Okay, they made the change. Okay, now go to TFS. Okay, build, do the build. Okay, now do the releases and releases. Great. You have just released our application to production. Yeah, so because we took that time, you did that investment, yeah. and it it gives you so much more confidence to be able to make those changes, and then to be able <laughs> not save them up, so get them deployed quickly and in smaller increments. Because okay, it's working now, right? Let's get it out. Let's get people using it. You know, and you've got no excuse anymore with things like Squirrel and with things like these, you know, on prem, you know, the enterprise stores, and like doing the updating of your applications is getting a lot lot easier than it used to be. And the self-updating and you, know, you get that sort of Chrome experience, you know, of, of being able to use applications <laughs> and they and they stay fresh and customers expect that now too. So the short answer again is yes. If you are just doing desktop, yeah. desktop development, building your WPF apps, your WinForms apps, your VP6 apps, yes, DevOps. All of it, even the performance monitoring side, it's, it's yep. as applicable for you as it is for anybody else. Definitely. And you can still do all the telemetry. You can still do all the feature flag stuff. You know, all the DevOps principles still apply. So, um, hey, Greg, we were talking about Mohammed earlier in those three videos. I know you're a, you're a, you're a sucker for free training and you love access to some free training. Did, do we, do you still do that on the show? Do we have some free training this show? Absolutely. You know, if you guys oh, are listening out there and you're one and you want to get on this DevOps bandwagon, but you don't really know how. And, you know, if you search for DevOps, you find a whole bunch of things. Well, um, Kurt highlighted recently some great DevOps training. Eight courses, 128 to 256 hours, which you can also get a certificate for, but the training itself is free. Yeah, 128 wow. to 256 hours worth of training across eight courses, and that is all free. The only thing you have to pay for is if you want that certificate at the end. But if you just want the training, it's all free, and it's all edX-based. Uh, and I signed up for it. I'm, I'm actually doing it, even though I, you know, I awesome. do – uh, a TFS podcast and everything else, there's still stuff that I am learning. So, you know, all of our lives are continuous learning, but I signed up for this as well. Uh, and it's easy. It's, it's on demand. So, you know, you can do it at night. You can do it whenever. You don't have to actually, you know, it's all mock kind of uh, training. Mm -hmm. And it's all going to be right here. And it covers infrastructure as code, continuous integration, continuous deployment, DevOps testing, database stuff, the feedback loops, the application monitoring, and the configuration management. Those last, you know, three aren't something we talk a lot about, but it's all here and it's all in the course. Fantastic. Well, yeah, let me know how it goes. Really interested. So as you've done the free training of the week, it's probably my turn to do the ALM Rangers shout out of the week. How about that? So um, Rui over um, on the ALM Rangers blog, because you've got this VSGS gem series that they're running at the minute, which I actually mm -hmm. quite like because they're you know, nice short things. It's just like, hey, did you know? <laughs> and Rui just pointing out, hey, the marketplace. And I'm amazed at the number of people that haven't clicked on the little store button and gone and installed stuff. And, you know, you just, you go talk to them. You're like, oh, yeah, we've got that in the marketplace. And they're like, in the what now? <laughs> so just go take a look at the marketplace, have a browse around, and you'll see even if even if you have all of the integrations you need, it, you know, you're not looking for a, 
a plugin from say Slack to VSTS or you're not looking to publish to AWS or any anything like that. You know, you just want to, you're just happy with what you got in the box. There's there's loads of little things in there from dashboard add-ins to the reporting stuff to a, a Galaxian games. You can play a little game of you know Space Invader type thing while you're in your in your in your VSTS instance. So, yep, take a look at the marketplace. Thanks, Rui. Yeah, and it's TFS too. If you guys are on a modern, yep. you know, 2017 and up, the, the marketplace is available there as well. And I, I use it. We use tasks that I've gotten from there every day. Yep. You know, if you're looking- and speaking of enterprise stores, you can publish your own tasks for your company into yeah. there and have them on your your TFS or VSTS instances in your company as well. Did that? Did that? We got a couple of them in there. I got a CI/CD Ooh. pipeline for those as well. Nice. <laughs> All of right. course you have. Yeah, well, of yeah. course you have. Got to. Uh-huh. I'd hang my head in shame if my TFS extension wasn't didn't have CI/CD behind it. I, that would be that would be sad. So I, I mm-hmm. I've got a totally non ALM DevOps anything tips, but it kind of goes okay. back with the database unit testing that I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, if you're at work. All right. Like, like I know a lot of you are, you're working in an enterprise and you have SQL Server as a backend. SQL Server Management Studio is your friend. You can't go through a yes, day sir. probably without it. Yep. There's a feature in that that has, I, I've seen it before, like years ago and forgotten about it and then seen it again and, and you keep getting reminding about it. The next time you're in SQL Server Management Studio, click on any node and hit F7. <sighs> yeah. You'll pop up a new window, and this is the Object Explorer details, and it will show you a table view, a grid view, some of the most like awesome information that in the past, when I forgot about this, I I went to actually each database looking, okay, who's the owner or what's the collation for this Uh database? Or, you know, it's like, oh, when was it created? And it just hit F7. It's all that information is right there. It's awesome. Next time you're in Management Studio, hey, do you want me to give you and, and click through the Martin's notes. tip on top of Greg's tip? Do you want this one? Yes, please. So if you you know how you can copy you can copy paste stuff quite easily out of that. Just Control uh-huh. C. Do Control Shift C yeah. next time you're in it. I it love that. It copies the property name and the property value with a tab between it. So if you copy and paste in stuff into Excel or whatever, perfect. Control Shift C. There's Martin's tip. <laughs> control That's Shift awesome. C is a new Control C, you know. It's feedback time, and as I mentioned earlier, we got a lot of feedback. Oh, wow, look at all this! Yeah. Uh, and from all, pretty much ninety-nine percent of it uh, overseas, or I in know, Europe. You've posting stickers all over Europe. <laughs> uh, so uh, the first one is from Martin from Germany. Ooh. And uh, he's a developer. He's certified for ALM. He's uh, uh, just a huge says he's a huge fan of the show. So Martin, yeah. thank you for listening. We have Carl from England uh, who said he's just stumbled on our uh, podcast, and uh, he, he they're working on implementing VSTS at his workplace. He's got seven devs embracing the DevOps practices. So uh, Carl, thank and you. Stickers for are on the way. I actually put them in the post and, today. Those ones. So there we go. Another one is uh, from – help me with this one, Martin. Thor- <laughs> Thorbjorn is how I would say that. But, Thorbjorn. Yeah. 
Uh, he mailed us, uh, sent us an email. And let us know that he, he just, he's a little bit behind and he just listened to the oh, one wow. with Donovan, which was the first yeah. one of the show. And, and he was very excited and really got a lot from that podcast. So thank you for listening. And, uh, Jean, Jean, yeah. sent us an email thanking us for the show. And he's got his team of six people that he was looking to get stickers hey, for too. So be a fortune. Uh, for you. Thanks, everybody, <laughs> for listening. If you do want yeah. stickers, especially if you're in North America, then please do write into the show. Where where can they write? Where can they send their? Yes. E- oh no, where can they send their emails? Radio TFS at outlook dot com. That's the best place. And if you want tickets, uh, let give, just put your mailing address yeah. right in that email. If you don't, and you say our tickets available, tickets, the answer is tickets. yes. So we've got I've stickers. got tickets. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I got tickets. Uh, stickers are available, uh, and and we'll we'll get those out to us. So send us your mailing address. I'll get them to you. Martin will get them to you. I don't know what would happen if we have any for Asia. Oh, I'll right? send them out still. You know, if you pre- okay. if you prepared to stick our sticker on your laptop, I'll send it anywhere in the world. <laughs> uh, so, and thank you all for listening. Now, one of the things, what have I always said? That if you call our voicemail number at one four two five two three three eight three seven nine, I can even remember it. That's how much we say it. <laughs> <laughs> and, or just go to the radiotfs.com. We, we, the number is there too. That will play your voicemail if it's safe for work on the air. Well. Hey, this is John Gartrell from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Just want to say enjoy your show. Thanks. Bye bye. Yay, John. Thank you very much. John, thank you for listening. Now, John, send us a, uh, send us an email, radiotfs.outlook.com. And since you're in South Carolina, yeah, I'll get some tickets, some stickers out to you. Or, or so, leave us tickets. a voicemail with your uh, with your address, and if you really want to, because the transcription was actually surprisingly good, wasn't it? It was very good. Yeah. There we go. Cool. It's great to be back, Greg. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Radio TFS. 